so many strikers, but none of the money to pay for them. It's the 71st instalment of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. That's right, we are back once again. It is Tuesday, the 26th of September. As we speak, Harry Kane is battering another team into submission with a hat-trick as it stands. Three of us again on the pod tonight. Welcoming back, first of all, the editor. It is the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back to yourself, too. Thank you. How do how you feel kind of watching um, ex-gunner Harry absolutely destroy teams at the moment? He's not really an ex-gunner. You can't go that far, but... I think he's brilliant. He's one of the best players. I just hope he can keep it up for the World Cup, really. That's what we want, isn't it? We want him to perform for England. I have to agree. As an Arsenal fan, I'm eating humble pie. He, he really is the outstanding player at the moment, and we'll get to talking about him a little bit more in just a moment. We've got a long-time listener of the pod on this week. Delighted to have him. Again, we've gone worldwide in our search for a fellow surgeon this week. So welcome into the pod for the first time. FPL Sexy, it is Brett. Welcome. Welcome, Brett. Hey, guys. Thank you. Great to have you on the pod. I know you've, uh, you're often in contact with the Iceman, sort of deliberating over different decisions, and you're very active on Twitter. Just tell us about your interest in FPL, Brett. Um, well, I first got into FPL, it was a very long time ago, um, was when you had to send your team in by mail. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> yeah, which we lasted one week being in Australia and all the different time zones. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I got a few friends started up a mini league and being on the internet and just being more accessible. I played one season and I kind of didn't get the hang of it. And I was my second season, I absolutely fell in love with it. I don't know what it is about. I think it's like free gambling FPL. It's, <laughs> yeah. You can... You can see the players that you want to score and you think you're going to score and then you take a pun on them for that week or for the next couple of weeks. And, yeah, I started talking to, to Iceman on the Facebook and Twitter and just yeah. he helped me win my mini league a few years in a row. And, yeah, I'm just absolutely addicted to it. I love listening to the podcast and I think it's just a great community as well. Yeah, that's definitely one of the things, isn't it? It's I suppose that's the beauty of the internet now. It, it gets everybody talking. You can communicate you know, so much better about you know, all things FPL, the Twitter community particularly. And I remember, like you say there, in terms of having to mail in your team or when the Sun newspaper had to do it. I think Hortz talked about that actually um, a few episodes back. So uh, that just shows how long you've been doing it. So great to have you on board. Iceman, we need to talk about the uh, our teams for the week. I'll start off, as I'm guessing, I've probably done worse than you this week. So I started off really well. I had Kane as my captain, who scooped me 26 points. But unfortunately, I didn't really capitalise from that. I had Deli Ali, who got me eight, but no kind of further bonus, which, again, I'll talk a bit more about when we talk about the Huddersfield game in a moment. And me came in with six points. But after that, it was pretty disappointing across the board. Lots of threes. So I fell a few points short of the average uh, score of 60 with 56. So could have been worse, but also not particularly fantastic either. How did you fare this week? Yeah, me, I, I did pretty well this week, 74. But it doesn't seem that good because everyone else around me seems to be doing really good. 
Also yeah. captained Kane, so uh, yeah, that went well. I had Lukaku. I did make the decision whether to take out Gabbiadini or just leave him on my bench and play Carroll. So I deliberated from that for a while, wondering whether to get in uh, the likes of Calvert-Lewin or Yossalu, and then they just didn't look as attractive to actually do. So I thought I'd hold a week and then uh, have two transfers this week, which I'm glad I did hold because now I'm still not sure, but at least I can I can have more time to think about it. And I can maybe take out someone else to, you know, free up some funds to actually make that move. So, yeah, seventy-four up to four hundred forty-seven thousand overall. So, yeah, not bad. Very nice. So, yeah, good score for you this week. And uh, following up on your own advice, no doubt. Brett, how did you feature this week? Yeah, I ended up on uh, sixty-eight points. Nice. I got uh, only one clean sheet with Jones. I've had Jones since the start of the year, so. I'm happy any time he gets okay. gets some points. Davies, I was a bit disappointed that he didn't get a clean sheet for me on the weekend. Captain Kane, I've got Mictarian, Ericsson, Salah, uh, Lukaku, Kane, and I did have Gabardini up front, but I decided to take a silly punt, and for some reason I brought in Andy Carroll. Didn't do me too well, but I'd kind of felt a bit stale the last couple of weeks, and I wanted to take a bit of a, a risky move. I felt like all the players in my team, everyone else has as well. So I brought in Andy Carroll, and he didn't start, and I was kind of lucky that Antonio went off with an injury. Yeah, yeah I, should, I shouldn't say lucky because he only got one point. <laughs> but the thing is, he yeah. is playing Swansea next week, and he is someone who I'm still considering about bringing in. Uh, he had three attempts on goal, so he might still come good. He has got potential. As a, as a yeah. third tip uh, striker, I think, just as a point there, Ice Man, as well, Swansea at home, then Burnley away, followed by Brighton at home, Palace away, and then Liverpool at home. So at least for the next four games, Brett, if you want to, if you have bigger problems elsewhere in your team... I don't think he's a bad person to hold on to at the moment because I think he'll get game time and that, those are clubs he could definitely potentially notch against. Yeah, the fixtures. Um, I really like the fixtures and also I've got my wild card left too. So I nice. was planning to play the wild card next international break. So I thought I'd take a punt till then. Yeah, I think that's absolutely worth it. Like you say, there's there's always other areas of the team that would need improving more than more than Andy Carroll at the moment. So a punt for you. Well, let's see if we can come up with any other ideas across the uh, the course of the pod. But first of all, Let's have a little look at the uh, Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast Mini League, the top 10 as it stands. So in 10th place, we've got Bitchy Matshuai, that's Frederick Heiberg, up into 10th. I think they're new to the uh, the league this week. FPL Addict into 9th. La Furia into 8th place. Berbashov in 7th. Lubashin underscore world 11 into 6th. Jacqueline Hyde uh, staying static in 5th. Entropy, that's Abdullah Al-Mamoun in the league last year, doing really well again in 4th. Draper's fantasy team, Dean Draper, up he's into third. Yeah, yeah, he's hanging around in there. Uh, Twins United into second and top. Lalana Land, Damir Tanay holding strong in first place. A good score of 87 points this week and a nice 25 gap for Damir at the top of the league. Uh, Iceman, would you like to read out a, a team that's come to our attention this week? <laughs> yeah, Justin Dye, whose uh, team name is The Iceman's Piss. He's down in 19th. He was in the top 10 uh, midway through the weekend and he gave us a shout out on Twitter. So just shouting him out because he's got the best name in FPL. <laughs> he really does. I mean, I, I think The Iceman's Piss, you will struggle to find a fancy football surgery podcast or, fancy, or any podcast that has... Uh, this, a similar feature. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I don't think any of the others do. To be fair, to be fair to him, he's actually got in the top 
I'm scrolling down here. In the top 50, he's got the best score of 95. So yeah, great week strong. for them. Yeah, very, one. very strong indeed. Well, let's see if uh, let's see if he gets inspired by the name and continues to rise. A few uh, a few notable old faces I'm noticing climbing up the league. Dimitar Todorov up into 25th. He was a regular in our top 10 last season. Uh, and, a few, and Vivesh Reddy I'm also noticing as well climbing up. So I wonder if they're going to get back to the top as they were before. Um, very much so. But, chaps, we've got 10 fixtures once again to talk about. We are going to get stuck into them so coming to us on Saturday the 30th, the 12.30 fixture. Spurs are on early doors again. They're away at Huddersfield. Now, I know I'll let you two wax lyrical over Harry Kane. The player I'm just going to talk a bit about briefly, he hasn't played tonight in the Champions League, is Deli Alley. So he didn't start tonight. Uh, Poch obviously resting him. A couple of assists over the weekend. Hasn't got the goal-scoring returns I would have hoped from him this season. But in terms of he is steadily sort of chipping away each game. Eight points this week. But I looked at a stat on him and noticed that uh, apparently Ali's bonus points are being robbed because of the amount he's being tackled at the moment. So he's been tackled more than any other player in the Spurs team. And uh, I think it's about 31 times this season, the stat is that he's lost the ball. I'll double check that. Um, but that has actually, that robbed him, sorry, of, of six significant bonus points this week in terms of the overall score, which led to, you know, not taking anything away. So I'm just wondering what's going on with Ali losing the ball so much, because usually that, that is his strength in terms of picking it up, dribbling, making that pass. And I'm wondering if that's making Ericsson more favourable as an attacking player right now, just because he's in, perhaps in better form. Do you have any thoughts on that, Iceman? Yeah, well, and maybe he just needs to get a few more games in him. Ali seems to be a very streaky player when it comes down to the points, doesn't it? When he is scoring, he can score constantly. I do think there's still a lot to come from him because he did get the two assists. He's more or less playing up front for Spurs. Plays just alongside with Kane. In a way, I'm, I'm still kind of regret. I know Ericsson scored more points than him this week, but I'm still kind of regretting that I chose Ericsson over Ali because I think this Champions League thing... Um, where Ericsson has to play it and Ali isn't going to. Ali's actually banned from the Champions League, by, by the way, Pete. So he, he won't be playing in any of the games. Uh, I think he's got three matches. And I think he's serving his second one now. So, oh, sorry, yeah. So of that, course, is, that is a factor where he is getting rested for that. So he will be, again, playing up front. So I still feel like he is... Yeah, I still feel like it's a coin toss between the two because Ericsson, he is a great player. And between those two, it's always going to be a coin toss. I don't, you know, it's, it's never going to change. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, they're both quality players and they both carry a threat if they play. Brett, what are your thoughts on this tie? How does Field Spurs? Yeah, actually speaking about Ericsson, Ali, uh, Ericsson's yellow flagged at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, he's ill. I think he's just got uh, a little bug. He should be all right for the weekend. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, I prefer Ericsson over Ali for one reason, is that um, a lot of people talk about Ali's goals, but Ali scored seven of those goals last year when Kane was out and he was playing further forward to cover Kane. Yeah. So that's why I took Ericsson this year. I just think he's... A little bit more involved when it comes to set pieces and obviously more involved, but I think he's just got more threat when it comes to set pieces. Obviously, out of Spurs, it's just Ericsson, Kane, Ali and Davies, I think. I don't know anyone else that you'd go for in that team, but I've got three. I've got Ericsson, Kane and Davies, so I advise people to get them. I think Davies, with Rose scheduled to make a return yet, I think Davies is 
one of the steals of the Premier League at the moment. Yeah, I'd, I'd still fancy him to start. He's you know he's one of the informed fullbacks in the league, isn't he? In that in that three five three five two formation or, or three four three, however Spurs play it. So I agree, Davis is a great shout. I do think that maybe people, if you're looking at Aurier, uh, he is a bit of a loose cannon. Obviously, he got sent off, so we'll be facing a suspension. Um, but Trippier must be happy watching him play at the weekend because. I don't see him being an option going forward. If you're looking at him, I'd veer away and maybe just opt for Davis. He's the uh, more comfortable one. Davis had, uh, I thought he looked a bit quiet in the game against West Ham, but he still had four penalty area touches. And that's, you know, was a poor game for him. So, yeah, I think he's a great player. Yeah, de- definitely a lot of value in them. It, just in terms of Kane, need we say any more about him, Jim? Well, he's awesome, isn't he? Uh, scored twice and hit the work, woodwork twice again. He's actually hit the woodwork five times so far this season. He's just got a goal in him every game. I think it's a case of whether people want to captain him in this game. And looking at Huddersfield's defensive stats, they are in the top seven for shots conceded. Uh, shots on target, they're in the top five. Uh, shots inside the box and outside the box they seem to be seventh again so they are right up there for keeping shots out maybe not the captain option if you're going to choose maybe Lukaku over him at the two I'm leaning towards Lukaku but it is Harry Kane so you know he can score anything he scored a hat-trick tonight so who knows I I may say all that and he gets a hat-trick against Huddersfield yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because again, we, we predicted, um, we talked about last week, the idea that City wouldn't whitewash Palace because Roy would shut up shop, but that, that didn't happen, did it? Mm. So um, there'll be one player to shout from Huddersfield for me. Schindler looks still looks a, a good buy at 4.6 million. It may be a, a player you have or might be wildcarding in for rotation. He, they've kept four clean sheets this season now, Huddersfield, and he's actually got, I mean, the only two defenders that have got more bonus points than him is Azpilicueta and Phil Jones. So that tells you a lot about how well he's playing at the moment. Made a lot of tackles, uh, 12 tackles net over other players, any other player in the league. So what you're saying there, Iceman, about blocks and interceptions and tackles, I mean, he might be one of the players certainly explaining that. So Yeah, it's the second um, time he's hit three bonus as well, isn't it, this season? Yeah, but that tells you there's a lot of work that Huddersfield defensively are are actually doing. But at the same time, you know, if that means he's going to be a bit of a... I remember when Jagielka had a similar situation a few years ago he kept picking up twos and threes and you looked at why and it was just the amount of true defensive work and that's why I like this bonus point system because it does reward good defensive play if teams are keeping clean sheets so Schindler um, I would look at in the bigger picture maybe not against Harry Kane and Spurs but certainly when Huddersfield get those more favourable home games against sort of mid to lower league sides, I would always maybe punt and, and have him as one of my three or four at the back. Yeah, he's just they've got a bit of a hard frick strung at the moment with Spurs coming up next, and then they've got an easier game in Swansea, but then they've got United, Liverpool, yeah. West Brom. So yeah, maybe not for now, but yeah, one for the future. Yeah, well, maybe in rotation, but yeah, yeah. okay. Just a quick um, one. We've got a, a question from FPL Doctor. He has put, I have Aguero, Kaku, Morata and one million in the bank. And he's not sure if it's worth free transfer to get Kane in just for the next two game weeks. So what do you reckon on that? Obviously got three big hitters there in Aguero, Lukaku and Morata. So he could move Aguero to Kane because they're facing Chelsea. I don't know. He's got a tough choice there, hasn't he? What would you do? Um... Difficult. Well, if I look at the game week fixtures, so he's got Lukaku, who's got Palace, then Liverpool away, but I think there's goals there for him, and then he's away at Huddersfield, so I wouldn't be taking out Lukaku at this point. 
Morata is on fire, um, and I do think there's goals for him there against City, even though they've looked better at the back. He's then playing Palace, who have been cannon fodder. Then he's home against Watford, so Morata will be taken out. What was the other one, Aguero? Yeah. Likewise, Chelsea have Chelsea have been better in the last few weeks, but again, Aguero is probably you'd argue one of the form strikers in the league. After next week, he's then got Stoke at home, followed by Burnley at home, followed by West Brom. It's, <laughs> it's a tough choice because I, I would, they're all in good form, all the players. And Lukaku may not be ripping it up at the moment, but he's still scoring points and he's getting loads of chances yeah. as well. So I if mean, Kane is the top I, goal scorer for the last two years, though. Uh, he is. I mean, he's got... OK, so Huddersfield away, then Bournemouth at home are really favourable for Harry. Mm. Um, but then he plays Liverpool and then United. I, I just think in terms of, like, run of games, I would say the three he's got, I, I, I personally think are more favourable. If you don't, if you're not talking about making a change or it's on a wild card, um, I would almost invest that into into his midfield. I'd be interested to see what the midfield is there, but yeah. I think the three's got the you know just the safe bet to score well because they are scoring regularly. Yeah, Brett, what do you reckon on that one? Yeah, I'd go with what Bully says there. The only thing is, I probably if I wanted to get rid of anyone, not that I would, but I'd get rid of Aguero just because Pep. Him playing in the Champions League, um, I can see him, I suppose he's not going to get rested versus Chelsea, but I could almost see Pep playing Sterling or Sané up front and resting Aguero for one of the upcoming games. Yeah, he did it to Jesus last game week, didn't he? Everyone thought that Jesus was his main man, he was going to start every game. Obviously he was coming off at around about the 60 minute mark nearly every game, but you just kind of thought he was doing that just to kind of rest him for the next one. And then doesn't play the whole game, Aguero gets the whole game, who knows? You can't really trust Pep, can you? But the thing is, with Aguero's points, which he's scoring, like, does it really matter if he just has the odd game week out? Like, is that a big issue? If you're gonna bring him in, just keep him for the haul, and then if he does have a game week out, you just miss a game week, but you still benefit from all those points which he's scoring every other week, don't you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'd keep his front line, and if I wanted a City player, I'd probably go to Silver. Yeah, Silver again looking very good and we'll, we'll get to uh, Man City a little bit more in a moment but chaps let's, uh, we've said quite a bit on that fixture so let's move on to Bournemouth versus Leicester Iceman if I come to you first who do you like in this one? Um, everyone's kind of thinking about Vardy at the moment he doesn't seem to stop scoring but no. obviously he missed that penalty straight down the middle which he does nearly every time but uh, yeah I'm quite tempted to see if I can work uh, Gabbiadini into him because they've got some promising fixtures Bournemouth not doing too well at the moment they don't look like they're going to keep any clean sheet they haven't kept a clean sheet all season so far so I can't see him keeping another one uh, not against this Leicester side they seem to be very good going forward Leicester obviously playing against Liverpool and scoring the amount of goals they did and putting them under pressure I can see some goals here for Leicester obviously Vardy he gets a chance every game five shots against Liverpool he had I can see Vardy scoring this game so for me the main player that I'm, I'm thinking about for this particular fixture and going forward is Jamie Vardy yeah he's um he's in great form isn't he you can see the hunger in him and it's it's difficult because you've got so many good strikers at the moment that are scoring well I suppose if you wanted a bit of a differential and a bit more money in your midfield then he's, he's not a bad option to go for is he Brett what do you think about this yeah, I've I've got uh, Vardy written down in my notes. He's, like Iceman said, he's got five shots over the last week. He had 13 touches in the box over the last two weeks. Maybe Josh King, uh, 7.2, I think he's good yeah. value. He's in a bit of form, he's a bit of a differential. I think he scored in the cup game, or he's assisted on the weekend. I oh, know he scored on the weekend. Scored on the weekend, um, yeah. 
Yeah, if you want someone to take pun on a differential, I'd maybe get Josh King in. I do like the Vardy shout. Vardy was one that I was looking at getting in myself. Um, maybe Charlie Daniels from Bournemouth. I think at 4.9 with those fixtures runs, maybe he'd want to grab at 4.9 and rotate for the Spurs and Chelsea game. But he got a goal and assist over the last four games. I mean, his assist wasn't much on the weekend. It was just a, a layoff, but he's up there. He's up in there in the areas that you want a defender to be. Yeah, he's very attacking, uh, Daniels. He's one which I kind of want for the future when their fixtures do improve. Yeah, certainly one to keep an eye on. I think he's been the last couple of seasons um, you know, a good player in terms of attacking and defensive returns. Um, I, I've got to say, I haven't got too many more to add on this fixture um, at the moment. OK, well, um, let's move on to Man United versus Palace. Now, we sat here on this podcast last week and we debated over whether a Manchester side would take Palace apart or not. And we kind of ended on the idea that it might not be quite as much of a landslide as, as you'd think. Thanks to Sane and Sterling, that didn't turn out to be the case. It was a... Uh, Roy's boys managed to hold out City for a little while and they got absolutely battered. So United versus Palace this week. Surely this can go only one way, Brett? Yeah, I wouldn't be so sure. Um, I think I'm more confident with Man City taking apart Palace than I would be with Man United taking apart Palace. I just think for the first 30, 40 minutes, they did look okay, Palace. It would have been a totally different game if uh, Loftus-Cheek would have scored that goal that hit the post. With Palace going up, 1-0, I think Man City may have felt the pressure a little bit, but I don't think Man United's going to win by as many goals. I can only see them win 1 or 2 nil, especially after that game against Southampton on the weekend. They looked happy to, once they got the goal, to sit back and take the one nil win yeah perhaps not, not as I mean in typical Mourinho fashion you know it's building from the back I mean Lukaku just keeps doing it doesn't he I think that's his sixth goal of the season now scoring in, in every game great stats from him and United playing very direct through him he's certainly one that I'm going to be bringing in on my wild card which I've hit the button on this week oh, yeah, um, Iceman your thoughts on this fixture yeah I think Lukaku is the big captain option here. It's, uh, I'm still kind of going back to last week of thinking maybe Palace with Roy Hodgson can keep a clean sheet at some point. I, I still think Jones is the bonus magnet who everyone's bringing in. Uh, like Brett, I have had him since the start and I'm, I'm glad I've got him. I'm not letting go of him yet. I can still see a clean sheet here. Benteke is now out for four weeks, so I don't think they've got a backup striker because Wickham's out as well. I think they're going to use Saka up front so again that's a that's a negative towards them they they are top of shots on target conceded yet united they create a lot of chances before this weekend they've had the most different goal scorers so i think that they're gonna they're gonna win and i think they're gonna win by a lot even with roy there i don't think he's managing to actually get hold of it it's like he did with england he he needs like at least about six or seven games to actually put his strategy together and, and get it working in the team i don't think he's doing that with Palace quite yet obviously it's early days and maybe maybe it will happen but no I can see Lukaku bagging at least a brace I'll probably put a bet on it again he's, he's quite good with his link-up play as well Lukaku I think that's about his physical presence I, th- I think Lukaku is a must-have at the moment with his ownership and I mean some of those games last year that he scored with Everton where he scored four goals or three goals if he turns it on with Man United, yeah, if you're looking at not having him as the captain or not having him in your team and people have captained him, I think you're looking at red arrows. 
He's the highest for big chances being gifted to him this season. You've got to have him. Uh, I, I think that people who are thinking about removing him, make sure you don't do it before this game. Maybe game week eight going onwards because uh, United fixtures get a bit trickier. But still, even then, I can still see him scoring big points. Yeah, I have to go. I mean, I, one of the reasons I think which I haven't done so well this season like with other players, I've not done too bad, but I think the fact I haven't had Lukaku every week has made a massive difference to me. Uh, and so I'm definitely feeling like what Brett's saying. I'm definitely feeling the effect of not having him at all in my squad. So that's why for me, he's now actually a must-have. Yeah, is he, so he's straight in your wildcard team. Are you going for the big, oh, yeah, I, big no, three? I'm not going to bother, bother trying to hold that back from me. He's he's right in there. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised. As up there goes, he's up there. So, yeah. <laughs> so what what about in terms of uh, another player people might be thinking about is uh, is Jones, slightly cheaper option. Mourinho seems to really favour him. Again, still very reasonably priced. You've had some success with him already, Brett. Yeah, I had him from the start of the season. I just know that Mourinho loves him. And with Lindelof, when he first started, he looked a bit bit sketchy. So I thought Jones is a sure thing. And I'm glad I took a punt on him. He looks great, picking up the bonus points. I think FPLC that you've had on before has said, I think Jones has been leading the bonus points when Man United have been up 1-0. And then they've obviously gone on in the last couple of or the last couple of games in the last 10 minutes and scored a, a couple of extra goals in that last 10 minutes. And if they hadn't scored those, Jones probably would have got nine points the whole time if they just won one nil, as they did on the weekend, and Jones got the three bonus points. So I think Jones is yeah almost a must-have defender if you don't have any other Man United defence. Well, um, he's you... so cheap, isn't he? Like, he's still only 5.2, so and only 10% owned so far. I'm surprised he's not higher. They've got, what, one, two, three, four, five clean sheets so far this season. Next home game against Crystal Palace. Yeah, I can just see another clean sheet for him, really. Yeah. yeah. I, the, sorry, I was, sorry but the only other person I'd go for there is maybe De Gea. I just think he's a great keeper. Some of the saves that he's made already, reflex yeah. saves that he's made already this year, I don't think too many people are going to get past him. 5.5 is a bit expensive, but with Elliot, you can have a good rotation. Yeah. Um, and I just think you're banking six points every time you've got the hair in my team. I don't have him. I'd love to have him. I think I've got... I took Hennessy at the start of the season for some reason because he swapped well with Newcastle. I rotated well with Newcastle, and I think that's the worst FPL decision I've ever made. <laughs> So I'm actually looking at freeing up some money to maybe get De Gea in, just to double up on the United defence. I mean, that, that'll be a good differential because with the cheaper goalkeepers at the moment, I don't know how many people will be uh, investing too heavily into, you know, as we're saying, investing too heavily into the keeper. But I think you're right, over the course of the season, De Gea could be an absolute must-have, or a not so much a must-have, but an absolute keeper for the entire time, excuse the pun. <laughs> I do. I, the thing is, with going with a heavy hitter ki- keeper, I suppose it's not that heavy, is it? With five point five, but the thing is, with going with an expensive keeper, is that you're not going to get that many bonus points from them. It's just going to be like a, a six pointer because mostly in a heavy hitter keeper, they've normally got a good defence in front of them, so they've normally got the likes of Jones, you know, grabbing all those bonus points, even with the amount of saves which he could get. It's difficult to say that he's going to score that much. I'm always going to opt for the cheaper keeper. At one point, I did go De Gea the whole season long, and there was heating that was just scoring more than him throughout. So I think going over the length of the season, I think it's best just to go with the cheaper keepers and then maybe even switch them around depending on fixtures. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Nice, yeah, I think that's a nice shout. It's um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Trying to find that balance, but and De Gea certainly proven his worth in, in recent years to United. And I do remember last year in a double game week when uh, he got a couple of clean sheets and some bonus. I think some managers actually triple captained him and uh, came out very well at the end of it. So yeah, it remains to be seen. We've we've got a couple of questions here. One from Hogs Rudd has uh, asked uh, worth a minus four for captain Lukaku this game week before wildcard game week eight. Would you bring Lukaku in for a minus four just so you can captain him? Brett, you want to give your answer on that one? It depends who's in his team and who he's looking at captaining without Lukaku in his team. But if you get a wildcard, I don't like the idea of taking the hit. But at the same time, if you've got to bring him in and captain him, then it's only two points really, isn't it, that you're losing? I like to take a bit of a risk. Why not bring in Lukaku and captain him? (laughs) Nice. Billy, what would you do? Oh, again, yeah, depend. I think if he's okay, if Hawk, if this guy's already got Aguero, Morata, uh, Lacazette, Jesus, two of those, then I probably wouldn't because I think those players are captain material. Uh, but I think if you've got two lighter strikers, then maybe you would. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? If you have got a lighter striker, like for example, I don't know, Firmino, would you say he's a lighter striker now? But if you've got one of the premium big hitters, like you said at the start of the pod, if only you could have like about five premium strikers, then you'd want to bring them all in, wouldn't you? But it does depend who you're taking out. Uh, Maybe you'll have to... Just message us and let us know who you are taking out. Just to back up Crystal Palace here, uh, the only player which I think is even worse considering is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I was gonna, I was gonna set you up for this because we've been talking about this, haven't we? I know you're dying to. Yeah, I, I, I really want to bring him in because occasionally, like if you're going for like a four-three-three formation, you can occasionally play him against the weaker teams, yeah. and yeah, he hit the post like you say. If that went in against City, who knows? The game might have been a bit different. Uh, they did hold City out for most of the first half, only conceding one. So who knows? Like with Ruben Lost's cheek playing in that number 10 role, 4.5 is a bargain, really. And it looks like Roy's got some faith in him and keep on playing him. The only thing with that ice man is he's got Man United this week, then he's got Chelsea next week. Yeah. It's got. It's two, more two decent of a, games and then Spurs. It's more of a placeholder, isn't it? Leave, leave him in. I mean, if if you've got no chances to make and you just you, well, just say you've got two. It's very rare that you've got no transfers to make. But maybe on a wild card, if you're wild carding at the moment, I would actually opt for him and leave him on the bench as your bench fodder instead of the likes of Tom Carroll, who hasn't scored any attacking returns so far this season. Right, chaps. Let's move on to uh, Stoke versus Southampton. So. Stoke um, going down 4-0 against a Maratta-inspired uh, Chelsea over the weekend. Saints, of course, well, they didn't fare... Well, they put up a good fight against United, but they went down uh, 1-0 as well. In terms of this one, Brett, let me come to you first of all. Would you like anybody in this fixture? I don't, really. Um, no, there's <laughs> no one I looked at. I looked at all the stats and there wasn't anything that impressive. Probably the best thing I could find was maybe Redmond with eight shots in the last two weeks. But whether those shots are on target or into Rosie's another thing. Yeah. yeah, I can't see anyone. Maybe Southampton defence. I've got Cedric. Um, their fixtures coming out for the next five or six are pretty amazing. So I've just put him on the bench this week. But he'll be starting this week against Stoke. Um, so I'd be looking at a Southampton defender if you don't have one. $5 million. Cedric's pretty pretty good price, I think. Yeah, I've still got Cedric as well. I've got to say, I'm going to keep him for this game. I think any Saints defender I would probably go with in this one, just because you've also got Virgil van Dijk 
coming back as well. And I think the biggest threat he will pose will be more to Yoshida. I think you'll see the, the Dutch guy they've signed. Is it Wesley Hoped? I'll probably pronounce that wrong. I think they'll probably commit to him given that they've paid the money to get him in. So the ones that you'll see threaten will be Stevens and Yoshida. I think it's only a matter of time till Virgil van Dijk actually comes back in as well. So I would just keep that in mind with your decision making. Iceman? Yeah, I think from Stoke, a lot of people are looking at Chupa Motang. I know he scored those two goals a couple of game weeks ago against United and he hasn't really done anything since. But he got three attempts on goal against Chelsea in the last game. Yeah. A few penalty area touches. More or less plays up front. It's quite lively. Gets involved quite a lot. Hesse seems to play up front. But yeah, he kind of plays alongside him. If you're going for a, a 5.6, is he now? I've lost the price how much he is. Yeah, he's 5.6 now. He's only owned by 5% managers. So maybe with Stokes fixtures coming up soon after this one, they've got Southampton, then they've got City. Maybe after that, uh, in terms of Bournemouth, Watford, Leicester, Brighton and Crystal Palace, they seem to get a bit easier. So maybe there's hope in him. He does get forward quite a lot and looking at the heat maps, he's right up there. <laughs> he is getting right up there at the moment. Anyone else to add on this fixture, chaps? I won't spend too much time on it if we're not that interested. Stokes' defence is getting a bit weaker with Bruno Martins Indy getting injured. Uh, although Zuma returning will be good for them. I, I actually probably rather, if, from a Stoke fan perspective, I'd probably rather Zuma in that defence, if I'm being honest. Yeah, but they, they've got a lot, a lot of other injuries, so who knows? Maybe Southampton attack can actually score a couple of goals or two, because they're still terrible. Has the Gabbiadini hype gone dry now? Yeah, they, I've, they've been playing long up front, but I don't think he's scored many. Maybe it's time for Austin to come in, I reckon. Stone Cold Charlie Austin. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? He would be a great asset to have if he, he was starting. Yeah, and I think he'll score if he plays. It's just getting him to play. That's the key, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I think I think Gabardini's dead as well. I mean, he's had 21 shots, I think, over the last four or five weeks. 21 shots and only one of those have been on target, I think. 4.8% accuracy, so not too good. Maybe Butland. I don't mind Butland going forward because Stoke have got great fixtures apart from one game. But at $5 million, probably a bit too expensive. Like Bully said, I do like the cheaper keepers. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we talked about Butland a few weeks ago. He's, he's an absolutely top-class keeper. We just need him, really, to be in a side that's going to put something in front of him to protect him. So, Butland for the long term, maybe. Yeah, just maybe save points. But like you said, with that defence in front of him, yeah, I probably, probably wouldn't touch him. So, that's probably not a shout. <laughs> well, um, teams in similar positions. We've got West Brom and uh, Watford. West Brom off their usual kind of sturdy start. But they went down at the Emirates uh, to, to Lacazette goals just yesterday. Watford picking up a win over the weekend. And there was some goals, two players that I'm interested in, but I just want to see a bit more of. Uh, Richarlison got his second for Watford. He scored twice now in seven appearances. And we've got uh, we've got a goal from Andre Gray, their big money uh, striker signing from Burnley. I, I do like Richarlison, and I am considering him for my wild card. Still only around six million marks, so he's I, th- I think he's good value. He's going to play in that Watford side, and we've seen you know West Brom are solid. They did they were away at Arsenal, so and we've seen the way their team lines up at the moment at the back with the likes of Evans, Hagazi, midfield. He plays Livermore, he plays Barry. So you know defensively they're very good, but. I think if you've got Richarlison in this one, I would hold on to him. And if you're sort of wild carding, I would consider him for this as well. 
Yeah, I agree with that. He's got 16 attempts on goal so far this season. He only got one in the last game, obviously, which he scored, but it was a great finish. Uh, I think he got a yellow for taking his shirt off, actually. Yeah, second goal of the season for him. He's a quick player. It just looks like he needs to continue with maybe like you know, improve his end product and then maybe he'll become more of an option. He is 6 mil, more or less plays uh, up top, so... Yeah, still a good option. They've uh, it's just their fixtures are up and down, aren't they? So difficult one to bring in uh, going forward. I was quite impressed with uh, Jay Rodriguez against Arsenal. He does show he's quite an honest guy, isn't he? He got up after the foul. It's a bit of a detriment to his play, but to be honest, if it, their fixtures were were good, I think he would interest me. I know you had him, Billy, and then you, yeah. you got rid of him last week for Wood, but I yeah, think that was inspired. Yeah, I think if yeah if they did have good fixtures. He, maybe he's, he's gelling with that team. He did cause Arsenal a few problems in the last game. Yeah, he certainly did. I mean, um, like I said, I've liked uh, Rodriguez for a while. But yeah, it's West Brom, isn't it? We just can't rely on him for consistent goal scoring. No. Okay. Brett, any, anyone else you would add in this fixture other than what we've mentioned there? No, Richardson. I like Richardson. Um, there's not too many other people. I, I, I can see this game being nil all. I can't see too many people scoring goals or too many goals in it. So, and with both teams' fixtures being up and down in the future or the near future, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be bringing anyone in or looking looking at anyone this week. I've got to say, even with my wild card, I've still got uh, I've still got Foster in my rotation. I probably will play him in this one. Yeah, no, I, um, I would. As much as I like the attack of Watford, I do fancy him for for a cleanie here. Yeah, and West, West Brom had six shots conceded on target against Arsenal, so they didn't look as defensively solid as I think. But that is Arsenal that we're playing, and it's a bit different to playing Watford at home too. So, absolutely, yeah, I like the awesome. I like the Foster shout. <laughs> I uh, what one one keeper I wish I had instead of Hennessy was Foster at the start of the year. I don't know why I picked Hennessy, but. Yeah. Do you know what though? Actually, Brett, it's funny you say that because I had the same decision to make. I was between because I originally went with Joe Hart, thinking he would pull the strings for West Ham at the, at the back, and then I was like, "Well, Hennessy's got some nice fixtures," and he did at the start of the season. And I think at the end of last year, where Palace sort of pulled things together, Hennessy looked a good shout. But of course, then they started and just didn't work for him, did it? No, and I had him for the rotation with Elliot, but yeah, it just didn't work. So I guess I, if I was looking to bring in anyone, I'd probably bring in Foster. He's uh a part of the defence that you know he's got to play every week. He's not like Hagazi or McCauley. Or, uh, they seem to have a few uh, few backs there that they could swap around. So I'd be looking at Foster. Absolutely, yeah. So potential uh, potential there for uh, a West Brom player. Well, well, let's move on to West Ham versus Swansea. So again, potential mid-table to lower, lower table battle heating up here. West Ham, previously I was really impressed with the way that Antonio was playing, but then he's gone off. Yeah, he's injured. Um, and we spoke a bit about Andy Carroll there. I mean, West Ham were going to be the ones I look to for some cheaper defenders this season, but it's just not happening. Likewise for the Swans, again, over the weekend, obviously they've, they've gone down 2-1 to Watford, and that man, Abraham, has done it. My only concern with him is they now they've got Bonnie. I'm not sure he's going to get the same amount of game time, but I still really like him as a player. But what do you think of this one, Iceman? Yeah, I do think that uh, Brett's shout on Carroll could actually be fruitful. And I do think he got three attempts in the last game, as I mentioned earlier. He still could be a threat going forward. Swansea are one of the worst. I think they're second for shots conceded so far this season behind Burnley. 
four for shots on target conceded. So yeah, it just shows that they are conceding a lot of chances. And with the likes of Hernandez, uh, I think he's going to probably be playing in Antonio's position now he's injured if it's that bad. I need to find out what's going on with him. But I do think Carroll could be a good option. And I am really considering it just based on this fixture and the fixtures they've got going forward because if they've got coming up they've got yeah so they've got Burnley the game after uh, away and then they've got Brighton and then Crystal Palace so a good four fixtures for West Ham so if they're going to do anything they're going to do it in in this period and I think that I'm very likely to bring in Carroll the same as you Brett yeah he's the only one from West Ham that I'd be looking at I'd need their lineup to settle down a bit more and a couple more games under Billy with um, uh, um or Arnie back I'm not sure who's going to play up front, who's going to play on the wings. So Carroll at 4.9 million is the only reason I got him in. I need to get rid of Gabardini. Swansea have conceded, like you said, 23 shots on target in the last four matches. So I can see hopefully Carroll getting an assist from a knockdown or something like that. I wouldn't touch anyone in either side's defence. So probably Carroll's the only shout, I'd say, there. Until yeah. it settles down a bit more. They are a bit sloppy at the back, West Ham. They've got some communicational problems, which they had in the last game. But um, as soon as they kind of sort that out, I think they might be options. With I still think the wing-back Cresswell might be a great pick at some point. It's, I suppose if you're going to gamble on it, go for it now. But I do think they miss Lanzini a little bit. Although, against Spurs, they did show that they can attack, albeit against 10 men. But they should have had two penalties, I think. So, they were quite unlucky on some big calls. And, yeah, Carroll, I'm probably going to deliberate it for a while. But someone's probably going to talk me out of it because he is a donkey and he's he's very injury prone. But I'm doing it based on, I think, that I'm going to wildcard soon. So, maybe just, just a bit of a pump for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I like the Creswell shout. That's the one I should have mentioned. Creswell was in the opposition's half more than he was his own half against uh, Tottenham. His stats looked pretty good. He had a lot of crosses, I think. Over the last five game weeks, he's had 50 crosses, 10 successful. The Cowherders are coming, I'll tell you. They're coming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Creswell's got some of the Creswell's got some of the set pieces. Oh, I think he's a great shout. How much is he? Five million, but isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, on this positioning he's actually he was actually third furthest forward. Yeah, he created Creswell also created five chances. Creswell, I really like Creswell going forward. If you had a wild card handy or you wanted to take a defensive punt, yeah, I'd definitely go Creswell. He's someone that I'll look at getting in when I wild card, just uh with their fix just turning to a sea of green too, so the Sea of Green, I think you mean a Garden, Garden of Green. Of green yeah. Garden of Green, sorry. <laughs> so we've got Craswell, we've got Carroll. I mean, anyone else from Swansea here? Boney started over Abraham. Tom Carroll takes corners and it had three attempted assists against Watford, but I'm looking to remove him for Loftus-Cheek because, yeah, no attack on returns so far this season. But no, no one else for me as suppose people with Norton at the back they're still looking to maybe hang on to him I wouldn't play him in this game I still think West Ham are going to score yeah I like the Norton shout I've got Norton actually uh, as a rotating defender and I think I might actually bench him this weekend yeah I would as well Again, you could always argue Mawson provides some attacking threat, but um, yeah, I don't really trust Swansea defence enough at the moment to uh, to do that. Right, well, let's move on to the big hitters. The game of the day, it's the 5.30. It is Chelsea versus Man City, one of the first big, big matchups of the season where we've got realistically two title contenders going at it. We've got Morata 
versus the South American partnership of Aguero and Jesus. And this could go one of two ways. We could either have a game of chess with not too many goals or we could have an all-out goal fest. Where, where do you think this one's going, Iceman? Oh, God, who knows? I see this being Chelsea just shutting this game down and uh, just playing it like a, like a nil-nil, 1-1 type game. Although Man City, they're not just scoring goals, but they're keeping clean sheets as well. Otamendi continuing to start and racking up the points. Did take them, like I say, it did take them a while to break down Palace, but Aguero is the most informed player. Owning him, maybe after this game, might be the way to go. I do feel like... The only thing is, it's the Pep rotation, which again, we're worried about. I know Pep said at the end of the game, I have five strikers who all deserve to play. So just to sow that seed of doubt continuously for the City team, whether you're going to be looking at your team if you've got a uh, a City player and then just worrying whether, when they're going to start. I mean, there's so many options here. You've got Jesus, Aguero, Sterling, Sane... You know, Mendy got injured, so he's not an option at the moment. And also Silva, who I think he got quite lucky in the last game. Uh, his first assist was like a worldy dribble by Sane to finish. And the second was a sideways pass uh, to Delph, who also got another worldie. Considering him uh, in this attacking team, he is their captain and he did create uh, six chances. I think he, he swaps around with KDB quite a lot, so I'm not sure whether whether he goes forward because KDB got forward quite a lot. I know he didn't score any points and the so-called word coverage is not a thing because I think you had KDB, did you, Bully? And yeah, he got you nothing. Oh, I had coverage, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just say that, <laughs> that coverage, coverage coverage word is just not working. But if you only, only you could count on Sane being a, uh, a starter, he got five goals from oh. six shots in all competitions so far. So... Uh, and that was only his second start of the season. So again, it's just it's just worries for me. And I just think if you've got the money, you know, go Aguero. Uh, and like like I said before, you could probably just leave him in your team for the rest of the season. And then if he does get benched, then you just have to deal with it. And then you could hopefully benefit from the other games which he plays. Or you can opt for someone else that you know is going to start for the likes of Morata, Kane, and Lukaku, who are the main men up front. Who you can't you can't see any rotation with anyone else, whereas he's got all those players to um, contend with. Yeah, it's, that, that's the thing is that I think Sterling's been highly transferred in. If you look at the stats this week, and five goals already from midfield is impressive for a guy that isn't getting maximum game time. He could have had a hat trick as well. He really, yeah, he could. So he's he's playing well this season, Sterling. It's good leading into the World Cup. I'm very happy with what's going on there at the moment. Brett, how do you see this one playing out? Oh, I think it'll be a draw. I think both managers will sit back. I don't think they'll want to lose this early in the season and give another team the upper hand. I do like Silva out of uh, the Man City team. He had. 14 penalty area touches in the last two weeks or the last week. I'm not too sure if it was last week or last two weeks, but I just like where he was positioned up, sitting on the edge of the box on the left there. I also would go Sterling over Sané. I think there's a chance that he could be put back to wing back. So I'd hate to spend $8.3 million on a player that Pep puts to wing back. I'd probably go Sterling. His runs into the box seem to be a lot better timed. I think all the other players in Man City realise Sterling can't shoot, and so they're also just laying it on. So he's only got to tap it in from 
Yeah. He always seems to get in there, though, doesn't he? He gets in there and makes yeah. sure he's got that to happen. Yeah, he's uh, making some great great runs across the box and into the box. So he's a bit of a punt. He could get benched, but at 7.8, he's 0.5 cheaper than Sané. I'd probably go for Silva first. I'd have the big front three of Kane, Lukaku, Morata, because I know, like you both mentioned, they're the, the main men up front. And then I'd have Silva behind for that coverage word that everyone hates. <laughs> With Chelsea, um, I don't mind Aspie. And I think at, what, 0.6 cheaper than Alonso, I think he's a great shout. Uh, I remember him getting it forward a few times and supplying crosses last year for Costa that I thought were fairly awesome crosses. I think he can do the same thing with Morata, as he's already shown on the weekend. I think he's playing a little bit of a different role this season, Asperger, because I've never seen him get so far forward and providing so many assists. I mean, I know he, uh, you said that he crossed into Costa, but he never got as many deliveries. The um, There's a stat I saw here. Yeah, um, Asperger to Morata is the most common assist to score a combo in Europe's top five leagues this season. That's quite, a, quite an achievement at the moment. Putting in Dave, which uh, they call him, over Alonso, might actually be an option because people are considering that. The only thing there is, was he would he be getting more forward because David Louise is out? So David Louise normally makes those runs forward through the middle a little bit, and the fact that Alonso went off at the fifty seventh minute mark, I was thinking maybe that helped him get forward a little bit better. Yeah, now to, to be honest, this is a tough choice between him and Alonso if you're going out the two, but yeah, that little bit cheaper maybe makes a difference. And Pedro is injured at the moment, isn't he? He's got a knock. Yeah, yeah, he I, is. What's this? 7.9, yeah, it's a, it's a minefield, but isn't it? You know, is Hazard going to start? Is Pedro, is William going to start? I, I, don't think I, do like, I don't think their midfielders are going to be much of an option. Not with the common thing to do now is to go with the, the three big hitters. I think that if you've got Morata, I don't see any of their other players being an option unless you're waiting for Hazard to come back, who probably will play this game. Yeah, it'd have to be Morata. He looked amazing. I mean, each of his finishes on the weekend for his hat-trick was a different type of finish. The run and the link-up that he had like with, with Dave, as you were saying, he, he timed uh, he timed his run to perfection off the shoulder of those defenders. I think he's he looks amazing. Yeah. The only thing is, he hasn't ever played a full season. He plays 15, 16, 17 games, or gets 15, 16, 17 starts. I'll be interesting to see how he does in, say, another 10 weeks down the track when he's played the Champions League, he's played the Premier League, it's a bit tougher. I'll be wanting to see how uh, how his legs hold up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I agree with that. The, the thing is, I did say, it was the week before last when Tom Campbell was on, I said I'd, I didn't think he had a higher ceiling than the likes of Kane, Lukaku, etc. But it looks like he does, I've been proven wrong. And the only thing is, I've, I've not seen him play in the Premiership. So uh, me saying uh, that he doesn't have a higher ceiling, well, I was wrong, there it is, hat-trick. He shoved that right. <laughs> I'm going to get right up there with that admittance there, Iceman. Very, uh, very humble of you. So, chaps, let's um, let's go on to our next game week fixture. We move to the Sunday fixture at 12 o'clock. A uh, gradually improving Arsenal take on uh, a Brighton side that have been sort of fairly impressive this season with what they've uh, what they've done so far. You know, they've you know, they've not been they've not torn up any sort of trees or anything like that, but at the same time they're certainly holding their own. There's some good players in that side. Now, having watched them last night, Arsenal, you know, I, I think there's signs of improvement there, certainly defensively. 
for me at the moment, Kolasinac is the one that I think is nailed on. Since Chamberlain's left for Liverpool, that's worked out well, by the way, bitter. <laughs> um, and Kolasinac, that is his position now. I can't see anybody ousting him from that. He's just so strong defensively and very powerful going forward, involved in the goals in terms of at least at the build-up. So I still, I think he provides good value. For me, at six million at the moment, he is highly transferred in this week, so he's going to be in my wild card side. Iceman, anything to add to that about Arsenal? Yeah, three back-to-back clean sheets, which is the first time we've done it in a year. So it proves that these defensive options in the likes of Bellerin and Klasnach and even Monreal, who seems to be a bit of a bonus magnet, always seems to kind of um, make the right decisions, Monreal. I think he is a good option at 5.4. They've got some good fixtures in in the next four, in the likes of Brighton, Watford, uh, Everton uh, away, granted, and then Swansea. So it looks like maybe Arsenal defence might be a good option, but we do still have Mustafi in our team. So don't count on those clean sheets when he's playing because there should have been a penalty in the last game which he gave away, which is completely stupid. But I think it is between Bellerin and Kolasinac. A lot of people are looking at Kolasinac because of his goals he scored recently that they don't actually know what he can do completely in the Premiership. Obviously, it's been six game weeks and you can kind of see that, yeah, he does get forward. But Bellerin on the heat maps actually was further forward than Kolasinac in the last game. And he got two bonus points, whereas Kolasinac didn't get any. So that might have been a cause of the fact that Bellerin got a shot on goal. But Bellerin actually gets more penalty area touches, more final third touches, more crosses, and uh, also more touches per game than uh, Kolasinac. So if you're all looking at Kolasinac, I have been, and I've been like mesmerised by how he gets forward. Because towards the final period, of the West Brom game he he just he was charging forward it was like he was on a mission just to try and get into the box and actually score so there is that to his game but I am considering going Bellerin over him though yes it's an interesting one isn't it because 6 million good attacking fullbacks and great fixtures for Arsenal over the next few weeks as well I think the other one that we need to start thinking about seriously is Lacazette I mean he's done really well in the last few weeks two goals uh, he appears to be on penalties as well can we, I mean, Iceman, do you think we can consider him in the same breath as Morata, Aguero, Lukaku at the moment with the fixtures that are upcoming? Yeah, he's getting there, isn't he? At the moment, he got a tap in and it was a penalty. Like He had a, a few other chances. He has got the potential to do really well. He's got four goals this season, I believe it is. Um, yes, yeah, four in the league. Yeah, four, four in the league. So, yeah, he, he could do, but... I wouldn't necessarily put him in that bracket yet, but like you say, with those fixtures, it could come good. It could be a fruitful one. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly, I think, again, within my wild card, I'm, I'm looking at trying to accommodate three heavy hitters. And, you know, with, again, with the fixtures coming up, I really like the, the look of Lacazette at the moment. That could be the Arsenal bias coming through, to be fair. But I think it's fairly justified with his strike rate. I mean, he's keeping up the, the goal every other game that he had uh, when he was playing for Lyon for the last three seasons. Brett, what, what do you think about this fixture? Yeah, I don't mind Lacazette. I think uh, I'd like an extra week or two just to see the team more settled with Sanchez and Ozil playing behind him instead of uh, someone like Welbeck. When Sanchez and Ozil kind of slot in behind him, I think give it two, three, four weeks and I think they'll start forming a great partnership there. I mean, he's already ticking over goals-wise now and he keeps playing with like a different forward line every game. So I like Lacazette. I wouldn't be ringing him in at the moment. I just he's one that I'm really monitoring. And like Iceman said, Monreal and Bellerin, I really like that shout. 
I had a look at the stats versus the big man and Bellerin. I would, I'd probably still stick with Collar just because he can looks like he can finish. He looks like he can he can uh, lay back a educated pass. Whereas Bellerin just seems to lose his head sometimes when he gets into the good positions. Yeah. Other than that, maybe Ramsey. I do like him at seven million. Whether he plays all the time is another thing, and whether he stays fit and healthy. If it's $7 million, I think he's the best. If you're looking for a $7 million midfielder, I'd be going Ramsey. He just seems to be making those runs into the box. He just seems to tick over, and for $7 million, I think he'll get you an assist once every two or three weeks. That's that's the thing with Ramsey. I've, I've had him, obviously, I had him for the last game. And at that $7 million mark, I'm kind of expecting maybe a little bit more. Because I could just change him to the likes of Ruben Loss Cheek and then change one of my 4.5 defenders into a clash snatch and then I've got that potential attacking threat and I'm going to get a clean sheet so I'm kind of getting more but Ramsey did play further forward in the last game he got man of the match in the game before uh, he does travel mm. the most distance out of all the Arsenal players and I do think that sometimes defers against FPL points because I think that if, you, if you're knackered throughout the game then you're more or less unlikely to actually bury the chance if you get into the box a bit like how in the last game uh, the game before last he hit the post maybe he was a little bit tired towards the end and then just couldn't quite form it into a decent shot so it's a difficult one with Ramsey it's, it's one maybe just to have for these fixtures I do think I'll be removing him soon though so I wouldn't necessarily bring him in if you if you're maybe expecting to use your wild card soon yeah good shout I um I don't have any seven million midfielders I've got Salah Ericsson and Mkhitaryan I wouldn't go I don't think there's any decent seven million midfielders but I think Ramsey's probably the best I mean I like what you said there dropping Ramsey down to someone like Atsu or Richie and then upgrading an offender to collar that's a great shout yeah, yeah so certainly ways of shuffling in the uh the the I suppose higher priced Arsenal defenders what about Brighton then chaps uh either of you got anything to offer from them in this fixture uh, just to go over Gross assisting the assister from a well-worked free kick in the last game. It's obviously, Hemed scores with his shin, I think he got it. But he might be in trouble for an alleged stamp on Yedlin, so be wary of that because that might happen this week. But before that, Hemed was probably their best player throughout the game. So he is someone which I'm maybe considering, but I've got Gross as well, so I won't be playing him in this game because I don't see much of either of them for this particular game. Yeah, what about you, Brett? Yeah, I'm much the same. I don't see much out of Brighton. If I did have any Brighton players, I'd be benching this this week. Next week, I think they've got Everton. They've got yeah Arsenal away this week and Everton next week. But then after that, they do have a little garden of green. Yeah. They did concede 17 shots against Newcastle in the last game. So let's just say I think Arsenal will score, even though they do look quite resilient in defence. Uh, I just think with Arsenal maybe getting that amount of chances, probably will score. Yeah, and Brighton's not that good on the road either, are they? Mm. Yeah, true. No, they're definitely not, no. So, again, I, I fancy Arsenal to carry on their form in this one. A couple of uh, cheaper players for Brighton, but I think your Arsenal hitters are the one in, in this game to be looking at for sure. Well, let's get down to the last few games, chaps, of this game. We can know the Iceman's going to be dying for a wee sometime I'm soon. Dying already, Everton yeah. <laughs> versus Burnley. Let's come to you first on this one, Brett. So, we've got the blue side of Mersey against uh, a well-organised Burnley defence. How do you see this one going? Is there one that really stands out for you in this fixture? Uh, unfortunately, there's not too many players. I was really hoping that Everton would look a touch better than they do now because they've got great Agreed. fixtures 
in great fixtures in front of them. And I was looking to invest in, in some of their defenders, Martina or Holgate, whoever starts. I wouldn't mind one of them at 4.4 and 4.3, but they just look terrible. I think they had uh, 17 shots or 23 shots in the last two weeks against them. They've had a lot of shots on target. They don't look as solid as what they I thought they would. Uh, if you need a, a third striker, cheap third striker, maybe you could look at one of their uh, cheap strikers. He's Nias. Oh, he's listed now. He's, what, 5 million? Yeah. Calvert-Lewin at 5 million but even then are they going to play yeah it's risky isn't it you don't really want to punt on everyone because one of them could get dropped near say bailed them out didn't he so uh, maybe he will start and Calvert-Lewin won't uh, that's just why I'm kind of glad I didn't go Calvert-Lewin in the end I was going to punt on him but Rooney went off but I think he should be okay for, for this game yeah so, oh, the, he got stitches didn't he mm. yeah he'll be fine yeah that'll make him look even more handsome than he already is <laughs> <laughs> yeah true just say uh, Burnley limited Huddersfield to only two shots on target. I think that's just their second clean sheet this season. Yeah, second. Yeah, you could you could look at some of the Burnley defenders. A lot of people have seen to transfer Popin since Heaton went out, and he seems to be doing all right. I don't mind some of the Burnley def- uh, Burnley defenders for rotation. I do like Brady. Uh, I think Brady's great if he gets a free kick anywhere outside the box. You know, he, he looks like he's going to score uh, five point five. He seems to be on a lot of. He seems to be involved in a lot of their play. I think Brady's a, a good shout. I've wanted to get him probably two or three weeks ago. I think over the last four weeks he's got two assists, two clean sheets. Not the clean sheets matter, but at five point five million dollars, and he's getting a clean sheet. I don't mind that extra point for someone that yeah. cheap. But just just to add about the Burnley defence. I mean, this season in their three home games, they've only actually conceded one goal. Um, and that was in their first one against West Brom. So the rest of the time, they've been pretty sturdy back there. Clean sheet at home against Palace and obviously this one against Huddersfield as well. So I, I agree. I think a cheap Burnley defender in rotation isn't a bad idea if you're wildcarding if you've already got one. We did have a question uh, from Tommy at Tommy uh, underscore Gonzo. He's just put thoughts on Sigurdsson. Good fixtures coming up and an FPL legend, but Everton not appealing right now. I wouldn't go near him at the moment. He, he could come good, but with Sigurdsson, you only see very flurries of sevens and sixes in terms of assists, so I can't see him scoring that high to be worth the uh, the money which he is. Yeah, I back that. Yeah, it's, it's difficult because, you know, Sigurdsson, you know, he's such a great provider, scorer of goals, free kicks, but you just want a bit of form from Everton, don't you, to be sure? Yeah, yeah exactly. You also want to see how he plays with the rest of the team. I mean, he's only been there two or three games. He looked like, him and Rennie looked like they were getting in the way of each other last game a little bit. So I'd, I'd like to see a bit more, something a bit more fluid from Everton before I brought in someone like that at that price. I think he's 8.3, which is too expensive for me at the moment. Yeah, so I, th- I think there's, um, you could sort of take a gamble on Everton, but I think there's better players at cheaper prices than those than those at the moment. So let's move on to the next fixture. We've got Newcastle versus Liverpool. For those of you watching at the weekend and tonight, you would have seen some good returns from Philip Coutinho, seemingly back in the Liverpool squad, accepted by the fans and actually two great pieces of play. I mean, the free kick was outstanding. But I was even more impressed by the uh, the cross to Salah. And I think with his price being slightly cheaper than Salah at the moment, he would be a really great shout for this one. Yeah, no, I agree with that. He scored tonight as well. And what a free kick he takes. Almost any free kick which is outside the box for Liverpool, you just think that he's going to score, don't you? Yeah, they've, they've got 
loads of options at the moment. Liverpool have made Mane's back. Salah scoring again for his fourth this season. They're always getting loads of chances. I think the defence is where you shouldn't be going. Gomez, like yeah, <laughs> those those cheap options of Gomez and Alexander Arnold. Either one of them is going to start. You can't really punt on either of them. A lot of people are looking at removing Firmino, but I do think you should give him this week. I reckon that I'm kind of considering bringing him in, even though a lot of people are taking him out. I just think maybe this week he's going to get a penalty, going to get something else. Just a, a couple of weeks ago, he was the one to bring in for everyone. He was like the value striker to bring in. And if people can't quite afford those three big hitters, I think that Firmino could be one which might surprise people. People might be sleeping on him this week. Yeah, he's a definitely an interesting one trying to fit into that big front three, isn't he? Brett, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, Salah, I think I think he's a must-have at his price. He had 12 shots over the last week, the last two weeks. He had five on target. I think with Cortino there and putting those crosses in from the left too, I can see him making runs in behind the defender like he got for his header on the weekend. And with the quality of Cortino throwing those balls into the far post, I can see Salah getting a few more cheeky goals behind the defender there. Like I said, he's got 12 shots, five on target the last couple of weeks. Uh, he just seems to be getting into those positions. I think he's a type of player too, with, with his pace, could win a few penalties and get the assist. Yeah. He looks better with Cortino back. Cortino's another one, 12 shots on target in the last two games. He's getting a shot off every 13 minutes. Plus, his set pieces at the moment look amazing. So I'd be going uh, Cortino, Salah. I like Firmino as well. I still think he's a good shout on pens for 8.5 or 8. Or is it 8.7 now, isn't he, Firmino? 8.6. He went down. 8.6. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so if you didn't have one of those players, I'd probably go Cortino or Salah. Probably Salah, but I think he's a must-have, Salah. Yeah, I think I agree with that. He's really racking up the bonus system now as well. And, uh, he just seems to be getting goals nearly every game. Is there anyone else to New- on Newcastle to add, chaps? Newcastle, Yosselu. I mean, he should have had a few goals on the weekend. I think he tried to miss. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, like he's being paid to miss. He's missing so yeah. many big chances. <laughs> Maybe he's a closet Sunderland fan. Yeah. If you're Dwight Gale sitting there watching that, you'd be pretty gutted, wouldn't you? Yeah, wouldn't you? But I think not too bad at a shout at 5.5. I was going to go in, but I just thought it's just not guaranteed to, to do well, is he? And I don't think you should be bringing him in. I think that a lot of people are going to be removing him this week, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do like Richie. I think at 6 million set-piece deliveries, I think he's going to be involved in a lot of their goals. Their fixtures are a little bit mixed going forward, but... He's the type of player that can get an assist out of any game. I'd be going Richie over Atu. I know it's 0.9. Atu's 0.9 cheaper, and I don't mind that, but I just think Richie's too too far involved to look at anyone else in Newcastle. I think when I wildcard, I might might be putting Richie in if I'm going the big front three. I think I'll have uh, Richie there as a third or fourth midfielder. I expect him to kind of tick over fairly regularly for $6 million. But, yeah, not too many on Newcastle. Yeah, I think that's a fair. I think it's a fair comment. I haven't got too many more to add for them at the moment. I've still got Lascelles as a potential option, but we'll see how they fare in the next few weeks. Just say, um, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, Mbemba seems to be starting nearly every game at the moment. That's who I was. 
Yeah, that's what I was just mentioning. At $4 million, you can't go wrong. Yeah. And also, Atsu seems to be the furthest forward out of all their players uh, on the heat maps. Well, for the last game uh, against Brighton. So, at 5 mil, if I could work some cash elsewhere, I'd probably go Atsu over, over Richie. Tough one. Yeah, I guess it depends on your team structure and the money yeah. that you've got too. I think I, if I was going at that 5 million, 4.5, I think I'd prefer Loftus-Cheek yeah. over Atsu. But... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe me too. Cool. So, chaps, that's all the games covered, and that brings us to a, a regular, you know, loved section of the podcast, The Iceman's Piss. Thank you very much. All right. Right, well, we welcome the Iceman back from his usual comfort break. Um, first of all, before we get to your Twitter questions, I just need to sum up our picks of the pod this week. So, we had Huddersfield versus Spurs. We made a debate over Ali and Ericsson, with Ericsson probably coming out on top at the moment. Kane and Davis continue to be great choices. If you fancy a punt on a Huddersfield player in your wildcard, Schindler and Smith are looking good value. Bournemouth versus Leicester, potential uh, points here. King and Vardy, the cheaper strikers that have shown good form in recent weeks Vardy particularly getting a few goals this season already Daniels and Maguire as potential differential defenders if you if you fancy a punt United take on Palace Phil Jones has shown great form early in the season Lukaku just keeps doing it but also a good shout from Brett is to Gaia um, as a potential season keeper excuse the pun with how well he's playing and Ruben Loftus cheap is just a cheap well cheap by name and nature 4.5 million <laughs> A good placeholder shouted by the Iceman. Stoke versus Saints hasn't really got us too excited, but Cedric or any Saints defender, providing they're not going to be taken uh, away by Virgil van Dijk this week, could be a good shout. And Butland in the long term, although his price is just making us question things. West Brom versus Watford. Richarlison's looking in good form. J-Rod for, for West Brom has been playing well, but not been really racking up the points. And Foster could be a good shout this week if you've got him in your goalkeeping rotation. West Ham take on the Swans. We're talking about Cresswell, looking very good getting forward and defensively for, for West Ham. Andy Carroll, we think, is going to get a few more minutes now that Antonio potentially is going to be out. And potentially, if you've got a, a Swansea defender, someone like Norton might be worth rotating in and out as the game weeks go on. Chelsea take on Man City in the big one. I mean, whether you're preparing for just this game or the future game weeks, Otamendi, Sterling, Aguero and Jesus, I mean, all scoring well each week. Morata, Dave and uh, the returning Hazard could be good options for Chelsea. Hmm. Arsenal take on Brighton and we spoke about the fullback situation. You could toss a coin on Kolasinac and Bellerin. Lacazette showing a good strike rate up front potentially in that uh, in that hot list of strikers. And Ramsey's a decent mid-price midfielder as well, uh, playing a bit further forward this week. Stevens and Gross providing some cheaper options to Brighton. Everton versus Burnley. Well, Calvert-Lewin is a cheap price option, but we really can't decide what's going on with Everton at the moment. And uh, for Burnley, the, the cheaper price keeper, Pope, and, uh, and any, any sort of Burnley defender at the moment is looking good rotation value. Finally, Newcastle versus Liverpool. Coutinho's looked great since he's come back. Salah is a bit of a must-have at the moment, and we've got the returning Mane as well. So it's even for Mania, you've got the Fab Four there you can pick from. Hossilu is a cheap option up front, and then Lascelles continues to captain the side and could be a good rotation defender for Newcastle. Nice sum up, Paul. 
Lovely. Let's move on to Twitter, Iceman. Now, I know we've been inundated with questions, so hopefully we've answered a few of those. We've had a lot of conversation on the pod so far. We picked out three here, though, that we think might provide the best value. So, Iceman. I've actually chosen an extra one, so it's going to be four. Uh, four. We've got another one here from Seb, at Seb Hodgson. He's put, uh, is Sanchez now an option? I'm just going to put you right here straight away. At 11.9, he's not going to be an option for me. What about you guys? Yeah, definitely not, especially with Lacazette on penalties now. 11.9, unsettled. Yeah, not even thinking about it. Bullbag? Yeah, I think beyond thinking, no. I'm, I'm playing my wild card, as I've said a few times in this pod already, but I've watched him a few times when he's played for us and scored that great goal in the Europa League. But again, he's not quite the, the mercurial Sanchez that he was last season just yet. I think it's just he's coming back into the team. I'm going to give it two or three weeks, then I'll make another judgment. We've got some nice fixtures coming up, Arsenal. I, I want to see a bit more from him. Yeah, me too. Right, so we've got one here from uh, Jonathan Paul Gavin. He's gone, who's the best third striker to bring in that's under 7 million? Thanks. So... Obviously, I'm thinking about Andy Carroll. He's 5.8 or 5.9. What is he now, Brett? Uh, 5.9. 5.9. Yeah, he is a potential, obviously not going to score you points every week, by the sounds of it, but good fixtures for them coming up. There's not that many options, which I feel like you're going to get that many returns. What do you reckon, Bully? What are your th- thoughts on that? There's, there's, one, there's one striker who, I mean, you, you've got your Burnley options with Vokes and Woods. Abraham was a really nice option until Bonnie came on the scene. But I think, for me... A player that I'm a really cheap priced player, which you've completely overlooked, who actually does get regular game time purely for effort. Okazaki is only 5.5 million. He scored three goals already. Now, I know there's always the debate he doesn't play 90 minutes, and that, that's fine. You can throw that back at me. But he does complement Vardy really nicely. He's scoring a bit more this season. Bournemouth away, West Brom home, Swansea away, Everton home, Stoke away. That is five pretty decent fixtures to rotate him in and out if you have a stronger midfield, whether you go for two big hitters like a Kane and Lukaku up front and then you actually want more depth in your midfield, like having a Hazard, like having a Salah, like having a, a KDB as well. He, I, I just think he will get the game time. He's in form. He is, he is scored this season, so he's not a bad, real cheap option. So you say he will get the game time. There is Iniacho who's sitting on the bench ready to play as well. He's at 6.7. So it's difficult because I, I was thinking about Okazaki at one point last week, but then it just completely went out of my head thinking no. And then I thought about Iniacho thinking that he didn't start midweek, so I thought that he was going to play start this game, but he didn't. So there's always that worry whether he's going to come in and actually replace him. So I suppose again a little bit of rotation risk there yeah that's, that's a, it's a fair argument it's uh i guess that that's the thing of any of these strikers under seven million none of them are absolutely nailed they're all showing good form i, I think of the ones we've just talked about the ones that are guaranteed to start you're probably looking at our our woods now but the other one as well is hemed we haven't spoken too much about him but again brighton not blessed with talent up front and then he actually looked pretty good when he played over the weekend. Two goals and assists already. And he's even cheaper at five million. So I know it's not giving you a concrete answer, but I think of the players that will start, you've got Hemed. I do think Okazaki will start and, and probably would. I think Hernandez yeah. still may be a shout, by the way. Yeah, I know I know a shout on Carroll, but I still think he may be a shout. He's scored in the last game again, so who's to say? He seems to be scoring, uh, playing out on the wing a little bit more, especially when Carroll plays. So potentially it's just there's no nailed for me. What do you reckon, Brett? Yeah, the the nailed on things, you know, you want your player to be nailed on. Maybe Hemmed 
But is he going to face retrospective action for the stamp? Or yeah, he might do. I think he should. I, I looked at it and I, I believe that he could have moved his leg another way instead of actually stamping on him. So he might. Yeah, do. I think. Yeah, I think he'll sit out for a couple of weeks. Maybe with their fixtures changing to the better, Nyasi or Calvert Lewin. But we're not sure who's going to start. Maybe Josselu. But yeah, I'd be looking at Andy Carroll, Chicharito. Yeah, not not too many. I think with uh, Jocelyn now, he might be under threat to actually lose his spot because uh, Gale might, he, he's back and he might actually start the next game. So to sum up there, Jonathan, um, we, we don't really know who the best option is. It's uh, it's wait and see. Moving on to the next question, we've got uh, FPL Maz is asking, thoughts on when to use your free hit chip? When, when are you thinking about using yours, Brett? Uh, I think I'll use it. I remember last season we had a... A game week, there was only four games, and I think the games were Everton and Swansea, West Brom and Watford. All the big teams were sitting out with midweek games for the FA Cup and the Champions League. I think I'll be looking at using uh, the free hit chip that week, a week when there's not too many fixtures on that I don't have a lot of players for. That fixture last year that had the four games in it, I think I only had seven playing players. So I'd obviously use it for a week like that when you've got a lot of players out with injuries or might not be playing with Champions League rotation. The fixtures look okay to swap to uh, 11 that you think you can get some goals out of and then revert back to your team the next week. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Uh, Bully, what's your thoughts? So yeah, I'm going to save it for when I know more about the double game weeks. I've just found so much value in the past few seasons in terms of having that extra little bit to prepare for them. And I think given we'll have two or three, I'm going to save it for later in the season, most likely. Yeah, I think it's mainly for the uh, the blank game weeks, which the common thought is. The only thing is there is a tactical way of looking at it in terms of when the big teams are playing each other. For example, this game week when Chelsea are playing Man City and you've got, say, three of each, then that might be a case of actually playing the free hit chip to take those players out or maybe leaving in the the big hitter say Morata up front and taking like four of them out for other players but I suppose that's that's a risky one because I do think feel like the benefit here is going to be the uh, the blank game weeks Right, okay, so moving on to the next question. Lebowski, Dean Draper, who's in our top 10, is, is just saying, uh, Mkhitaryan or Salah out for Mane? Which one would you choose out of the, out of the two if you had to bully? Um, neither, actually. I'd probably keep United cover, and I think Salah has got the same point-scoring potential. <laughs> and if if a gun was at your head, which one would you choose to take out of those You were going to literally shoot me. Jesus I would never do that. <laughs> what, where is pod going right now um in that case i want to keep mkhitaryan for some united cover we all have a bit of cover but genuinely i think he's got potential so salah for Mane then and brett yeah i wouldn't do salah for Mane. it's too sideways for me probably mkhitaryan it depends on the team if he's got lukaku though it's a it's a hard one but i'd probably say mkhitaryan <laughs> okay i wouldn't do either so um yeah that's it for twitter uh bully so back to you Love, interesting well thank you for your questions again everybody we do try and answer as much as we can it depends on the amount of discussion and gossip there has been on the pod so we apologize to the people who questions we haven't answered chaps just to round off the pod i need a captain's choice iceman a lovely shout on Morata last week from you i know um i know you didn't ask me to say that before the pod so i just thought i'd bring that up um, but who are you calling who are you calling this week uh it's got to be lukaku for me if you haven't got lukaku which you're probably insane if you haven't then i'd say kane but yeah lukaku lukaku brett 
Yeah, I maybe. Where's Manchester United playing tomorrow in the Champions League? Are they at home or are they away? I can tell you. Uh, they are away at CSKA Moscow. So, in other words, the arse end of Russia. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's going to make me Captain Kane. I've got Lukaku and Kane. I think I'm going to Captain Kane. The hat-trick this week, today, um, not having to travel, not having to go to Moscow and then come back and play. I think he's just going to be a little bit... I think Kane's just going to be on fire. I think he's going to be a little bit more confident. Uh, I just don't think there's any stuff in Kane, so I'll be going Kane. Yeah, um, I, I think I'm going to have to agree with that. Harold <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Harry is just on fire at the moment, so so Kane for me again as well. I'm afraid. <laughs> All right, so you're against me here. I am. <laughs> uh, just I know, I know you hate me talking about anything other than Premier League football, Ice Man. But PSG are at home against Bayern Munich tomorrow night, which I'm very excited about. But I won't oh, say anything more yeah. about that. Right, chaps, that brings us to the end of the pod. So we have we're going to be running a pod a, a pod. We've been running a pod for a few years now. We're going to be running a poll rather on Twitter. Uh, of conundrums and what are you planning to do transfer wise this week so look out for that feed into the discussion um as usual ways that you can get in contact with us and follow, follow all things fancy football surgery podcast www.fantasyfootballsurgery.com you can find us on facebook by typing fancy football surgery you can subscribe to our podcast on itunes under fancy football so again give us a rating let us know what you think yeah five stars um, please five stars five stars or the Iceman will be having words with you you're probably listening to us on soundcloud that's the uh, the quickest link we're on reddit so when we announce please uh, up the pod up the pod uh, up the pod um, twitter is where most of our activity happens at ff underscore surgery that's where you'll find our poll you can also contact us via email as well that's ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com and you can join the mini league which is 1173-455 and if you're new to the uh, the mini league thank you for joining let's try and get thousands of people in that this year i want to thank our special guest this week coming to us all the way from oz brett what what time is it there at the moment it's quarter past eight so but we started i think at about 6.35, or we're supposed to start at 5.30, we started at 6.30, so yeah, early morning, but I, I like the early mornings. You. Appreciate that, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, where can people find you to, to ask your questions and pest you about FPL? Uh, FPL Sexy at FPL Sexy on Twitter. I've only just started the account this year. I just found being in Australia, it's hard to pick up the lineups, and with Twitter, there's just so much valuable information that you can't get through other outlets if you don't have Twitter. So, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I've just started it up. I'm just using it as a, I'm taking it as a bit of fun. I like to see the, the light-hearted side in the FPL game too. I like to have a bit of a laugh. So, yeah, if there's any questions or any silly questions you want to send me, send them through. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us again, Brett. Yeah, cheers, Brett. Thanks for coming on, mate. No dramas. It's been fun. Okay. And uh, from all of us here at the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast, good luck in your game week. We look forward to reviewing things next week. Up the pod. Up the pod.
Why don't you play that funky music, Iceman? Oh, I've got a cold. You do, don't you? Yeah, a little bit sniffly. I'll tell you what I've got. What have you got? Back of uh, high-protein pork scratchings. Oh, where did you get them from? Muscle food. Uh, muscle food. <laughs> All right, nice. <laughs> Literally almost wet myself. Brett, if I come to you first on this one, who do you like in this fixture? Oh, I was hoping you went to bully for first on this one. Oh, Iceman. Uh, Iceman, uh, yeah. ice sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 